Today is Wednesday, December 13th. The title for our devotional is Perceiving. Perhaps you noticed yesterday, especially if you were reading it, it's way easier to notice than when I'm reading it to you on the podcast, that I left out one line in the first verse. What we have observed. Now, this line follows directly after John saying, what we have seen with our eyes. Okay, so he says, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed. So, John includes the two phrases that convey the sense of sight, seeing with our eyes and observed, or perceived, it can be translated. John is most likely not just being redundant here, as the second verb translated observed can also mean to perceive something above and beyond what is merely seen with the eye. So again, it can mean to perceive something above and beyond what is merely seen with the eye. The second verb then is likely implying that John has not only seen Jesus with his physical senses, sense of sight, but he has also perceived the true theological meaning of Jesus' incarnation, life, death, and resurrection. John does this in his gospel even as well. In John 1.32, he writes, Then John gave this testimony. This is John the Baptist. I saw, that's our word, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. John the Baptist bore witness, another theme in John that we'll talk about tomorrow, that he not only saw a dove descend and remain on Jesus, but he perceived that the dove was the Holy Spirit. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen, that's our word, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In physically seeing Jesus, he has also perceived Jesus' true glory, which goes beyond sensory experience. As we talked about last week, and this also lends credibility to John's reference being the gospel or the theological truth about Jesus. John here in this first epistle is emphasizing that the gospel, although grounded in historical facts about Jesus, as we talked about yesterday, does not solely consist in those historical facts about Jesus. It must be coupled with correct theological beliefs about the meaning of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. These beliefs are sourced in the apostolic witness about Jesus. Let me explain this further. There are definitive statements that we can make about Jesus' life. Jesus lived around the first century, he died on a cross, he was buried, he rose again on the third day. All true, all vitally important physical aspects of the gospel. These are the things that have been seen, as we talked about yesterday. Now, what must be perceived from these things that have been seen, is what John is referencing. In the incarnation, God took on flesh. So his teaching then is the authoritative teaching for my life, primarily reflecting in his teaching to love God and others as he defines love. I'm a sinner. Jesus perfectly upheld the law and never sinned. He died on the cross in my place as the perfect sacrificial lamb. His death paid the penalty that my sins deserved. So by faith in Jesus, my sins are removed and I am born again as a child of God. Because of what Jesus has done and my faith in him, I can now live the way of Jesus in right standing before God. Because I am born again as a child of God, I have the resurrection, eternal life that Jesus has given me. Okay, those statements are theological statements based on the events of Jesus' life. John spends the rest of his letter teasing these theological statements out. So it's not enough to believe that the first group of statements about the historicity of Jesus, no matter how important those are. Demons believe those statements. Demons aren't saved. Those who had gone out from the church in 2.19 had abandoned this true theology about Jesus. John is emphasizing that we must believe these theological truths in the gospel to be saved. 
Now, it's important to note that we don't have to have perfect theology in everything. There are many things that the apostles were less than clear on, like end times theology, for example. What they were clear on, however, is the basic theological truths of the gospel. These we must be clear on and uncompromising. In the other things, we should pursue truth. When we're wrong, we can admit it. When we think we're correct, we can hold truth humbly and leave room for differences of opinion. In closing, as we talked about last week, we must believe that Jesus came to reveal life. For this life to be applied to me, I must believe in the truth of the gospel that is perceived from what has been seen. Reflection time today. Reflect on the core theological truths of the gospel, many of which I referenced above. Just thank and praise God for the gospel that has been perceived and not only seen.